Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Okay, so you asked for it, and this is going to be one of your paralegal pro tips episode. I received several requests in the last couple months for another paralegal tip episode. Those seem to be your favorite. So I've put together what I'm calling 10 paralegal pro tips for success. And yes, there could be 100 of them. I could sit down and record that, but I have a feeling you wouldn't want to sit at your car radio or take a three-hour walk and listen to 100 tips. So I'm going to narrow it down to the top 10 for now. I'll do another episode like this soon and add on another 10 tips for you. But for this week, let's talk about 10 paralegal tips that I want to pass on to you. And jump in the comment section if you're on the website page and you're listening to it on the computer, jump in the comments and add to that. Share your tips with others. You know how I say, when you share your knowledge, the entire paralegal profession benefits. Tip number one, attorneys are not the grammar police. One thing that I didn't realize is that a lot of paralegals will do their drafts, finish the edits, you know, they go through and check everything and they're giving it to the attorney because they have to sign off on it. It is still their work product. And they're thinking that attorney is going to give it this once over, right? The problem is they're not giving it a once over for grammar and spelling mistakes. They're reviewing for substance. They're looking at it like, does the legal argument make sense? Have they included all of the relevant evidence? Things like that. They're not going to catch that grammar mistake on page 10. They're not going to catch the wrong bar number in the signature line or the wrong case number even in the case caption. All right, tip number two, have the mindset that you own your paralegal career. I want to share a quote from Earl Nightingale with you. He said, the driving force of a career must come from the individual. Remember that jobs are owned by the company. You own your career. Tip number three, get feedback from your attorneys throughout the year. 
Have you ever done business with a company like a car dealership or you've been on a call with a customer service rep, like one of the cable companies? And the last thing they ask you is, is there anything else that I can help you with? And that's usually followed by, you're going to be getting a survey from our corporate headquarters and I'd appreciate all fives or all tens if you were pleased with the service. If you weren't pleased enough to rate me that high, I'd like to know what to do, something to fix it. Now, I think we can all learn an important lesson from that. Why wouldn't you ask the same thing of people you spend hundreds of hours working for each year? Why wouldn't you go to those attorneys in advance of your performance review, and not just once, but on a regular basis throughout the year, and ask, is there anything that I could be doing to better support you? If you were to rate my performance right now, and it's anything less than outstanding, can we talk about why and what I can do to improve it? Tip number four, you should know more about technology in your particular practice area than any attorney on your team. You don't want to let technology pass you by. And this is one thing that I tell every paralegal who will listen. You should know more about your practice-specific technology than any attorney on your team. You want to be the go-to person when it comes to technology. You don't want the partner on your team going to the young associate down the hall for help with that new technology tool. You want them coming to you. But don't stop there. Once you master the technology that your team is currently using, you should also be on the lookout for trends in your practice area so that you know and can make recommendations on other technology that could benefit the practice and how your files are handled. Here's a quote from Stuart Brand that is so relevant to this topic. Once a new technology rolls over you, if you're not part of the steamroller, then you're part of the road. And we don't want to be part of the road. For tip number five, I'm going to give you my favorite tech gadget. So I get asked, what is a tool that I wished I had when I was a paralegal? What if I could choose one tool? It's the remarkable notepad. And I'm a paper kind of person. I usually have notebooks all over the place. You probably use a steno pad. This is wonderful. I would have this if I was a paralegal and I would carry this with me everywhere I went because it's amazing. You have literally unlimited amounts of notebooks and the little pen is here. It's got an eraser on it. It's so light and thin. And I can actually use it to share my screen. Not that you would necessarily need to do that that often, although you could, right, if you were having a team meeting or something. But you can also take the notes that you've written down here and convert them to text, send them to yourself in an email, literally, and turn it into a document. I love it. Tip number six, set big goals, real big goals. The big question is, How do you set big goals without setting yourself up for not hitting that goal and feeling like your year was a failure? Commit to the action that it takes to get to the goal, but don't attach yourself to the outcome because then you'll still see some benefit from those actions. Here's an example. Let's say you're a litigation paralegal who wants to set a goal next year to get your ACEDS certification, e-discovery certification. So you take some e-discovery courses. You get involved at a deeper level on your e-discovery projects. You start attending maybe the local e-discovery meetings. 
Then later in the year, you start taking a prep course to take the certification. But life happens. A family member gets sick and you're the caretaker. So your free time in the evenings and weekends are no longer available for that prep course. So you don't sit for the exam. All of those actions that you took throughout the year has significantly increased your e-discovery project management skills and allowed you to meet some great people, maybe even find a mentor who's taken and passed the certification exam. All of those actions, they are so valuable to your career. And you know what I've been preaching for years, focus on your career security instead of just your job security. They own your job, but you own your career. And it's up to you and you alone how successful your career is. All right, for tip number seven, let's talk about how to work better with a procrastinator. Don't think that you can change the procrastinator attorney. Instead, change your response. I get it. It's frustrating to get those last minute projects thrown in your lap or thrown in your inbox. There are so many jokes out there about attorneys being procrastinators, but it's really pretty simple if you think about it. If you work with a procrastinator, you only have two options, change them or change how you respond to them. Okay, so back to our options, dealing with a procrastinator. Option one is to change them. Get them to stop waiting until the last minute to give you projects. (laughs) I can hear the laughter out there now. I did a Google search on how to work with a boss who was a procrastinator. If you really want to laugh and you've got an hour or two to burn going down the Google rabbit hole, do that search. One of the articles was on this newsletter. It was for workplace issues. It gave five or 10 things that you can do. I want to read you one of them word for word and see if this would work with your attorney. Send him an email. They were referring to a question, you know, the boss is a he. Send him an email one or two days before the deadline and give a suggestion on how you will proceed if he isn't able to provide you with what you need. You say, quote, the deadline on this project is tomorrow. I still need you to review it and give me your feedback before I submit it to the client. If I don't hear back from you by 3 p.m. tomorrow, I'll assume you approve of my efforts and I will submit the project, end quote. What? (laughs) I know. I was laughing too when I read that. It's most likely that the project that you're doing is something that has to be signed by the attorney who has a license to practice law. But let's give it a try and say that it's not something that's going to get filed with the court or sent to opposing counsel. Let's assume it's something that's a draft or something that you're putting together that the attorney wants to send to a client. That's still not going to fly. Sending that project to the client if you don't hear back from the attorney by 3 p.m., no, it's not happening in the legal profession. Okay, so changing them is off the table. If that's the case, option two, you have to change how you respond. If you work with a procrastinator, what can you change in how you respond? Well, you could get access to their calendar so that you know of any deadlines coming up. You could ask for weekly meetings with them, whether in person or on a Zoom call, and ask them, what's the top three priorities this week? One of the things that I teach in the litigation bootcamp is to get your eyes on everything that comes in on your cases so that you know there's a deposition scheduled next month 
And if you know that, you can start pulling things together for it this month. You could also go into their office and say, I see we have the XYZ deadline coming up late next week. I'm going to go ahead and get started on that now. That way, you're not asking them if there's anything that you can do to help on the XYZ case. You're saying, you see what's coming up on the XYZ case, and you're going to start doing ABC. Tip number eight, have the confidence to speak up when things are going off the track. Have the confidence to speak up when something's going off the tracks. That's what I'm talking about. What I mean by that is when something is happening in a case, in a transaction, on a file, and you know from your experience or from the feedback you're getting, things that are happening, the training that you've received, you know from your experience that something is going to go wrong. And you just put your head down, try to get the work done, and hope that you can pull it through. It never happens, right? We always end up finding ourselves where the train has gone off the tracks and now we're being held responsible for it because we are the paralegal on the case or the file or whatever. Let me give you a specific example. I'll talk litigation because we're in litigation mode this month, but you could use this for any of your files, your transactions, real estate closings, but Let's say you're a litigation paralegal and you've got a document production coming up. You are prepared to meet the deadline. You have it all scheduled out on your calendar. You set aside time every day to review the documents to get them produced in time and to do a quality control check before the end. But let's say the attorney keeps adding on more and more documents or asking you to do more and more things for each and every document, like Instead of just reviewing for privilege, you're going to review and tag hot documents. You're going to review and find documents that are for a specific deposition coming up. They've increased the scope, but you haven't increased the time. You still have to complete that by that same deadline. So in order to do that, you skip past quality control or you you are rushed during it. And we know when we're rushed, we make mistakes. So in the end, what happens? Maybe a privileged document gets produced to the other side. When the attorney comes upon that mistake, it's going to be your fault. What they're going to say is, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you tell me that you were overwhelmed and you didn't think you were going to complete this project on time? Why didn't you tell me that because of all of the extra tags and things that I was having you do to these documents that you might not be able to do a good quality control check. That's what they're going to come to you and say. So why not speak up, have the confidence to speak up when you've got the opportunity? Yeah, you still might have to take the blame, but at least you spoke up and you were able to say, this is going to cause this potentially. And I just want you to be aware that this could cause a potential problem down the road. All right, that's our pro tip for today. All right, let's jump into tip number nine. Today's pro tip actually comes from a quote that I heard a while back, and it comes from a basketball coach. It was the UCLA basketball coach. I can't remember his name, but he said, if you don't have the time to do it right the first time, when will you have the time to fix it? And when I heard that years ago, I thought that is so true. So apply that to your daily work as a paralegal and ask yourself, 
if I don't have the time to do it right the first time, when am I going to fix it? You know, if it takes one hour to do it right, but I only have 40 minutes, when am I going to find the hour to fix it? All right, that's my pro tip of the day. If you don't have the time to do it right the first time, when will you have the time to fix it? And last but not least, tip number 10, how to get out of the office sooner. Today's pro tip is all about time management. You have got to manage your time. Here's why it's so important. Let's say you have 1,600 hours worth of work to get done in a year, which would be typical. Now, if you work in a law firm, maybe that's 1,600 billable hours, but if you work in a corporate legal department or a government agency, this could mean it's just the work that you have to complete in any given year. Let's say that 90% of the time that you're in the office, you're doing productive work, meaning 10% of the time you're doing other stuff like grabbing coffee, chatting with coworkers about your weekend, checking social media. If you're being productive 90% of the time that you're in the office, you're going to complete that 1,600 hours of work in 1,780 hours. Now, if you're working at 75% productivity, meaning 25% of the time that you're in the office, you're not doing real work. If you do that at 75%, it's going to take you 2,135 hours to complete that same 1,600 hours of work. 2,135 hours. That's a difference of 355 hours. Imagine what you could get done with 355 extra hours in a year. Maybe it means you don't have to work nights and weekends. Maybe it means you're able to get out of work and make it to your kid's soccer game. Whatever's important to you. So be productive while you're in the office so that you can get out of the office sooner. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.